My god. Ugh. We're in. Look at this, Cameron. On the podcast. On the podcast, man. Years winding down. It is. How many how many dates you have left? We got three more days. Three more dates? And then I'm off the map until the end of January. Are you gonna miss being on the road or um Yes, definitely. Without a doubt. Really? I think that is probably my favorite. I think it goes like this. It goes like road, the second it goes um I don't know, writing and recording. I don't know. Those those intertwine. Those flip flop for me. So but road's always number one for me. Road's always number one? Yeah. I feel like being on the road is like camping where like you're when you're camping all you want like you you go out of your way to go camping but then when you're camping all you want to do is be back in your bed pretty much isn't yeah. that what the road is when you're, <laughs> that, off, that's when, exactly when you're on the road you just want to be off the road but when you're off the road you want to be on the road that is the best way you could possibly put it is that how you feel one without a doubt because <laughs> i just came off the road we did 20 dates on the road uh i was out with temecula road we were opening yeah. up for breland and it was fun at first but then i was ready to get off the road yeah but well, now i want to get back on straight and now, uh, pretty close. We had a couple days off, like in between that run, but pretty close. Dang. Yeah. Shoot, man, that's a that's still a long run, though. It's a long run, but you're saying you've got three dates left, and then and then you're done for. You're not doing like a New Year's show or anything. <laughs> they tried to make me do it this year. Did I was they? Like I'm, I'm learning the power to no. I think because like, I've I've seen some of those offers for the New Year's shows. They get pretty big, right? They do, but I don't think it's worth it for me this year. I just am like, what are you wanna... gonna be doing on New Year's instead? Because New Year's is always disappointing. What are you gonna be doing instead? I'm actually instead gonna be hiding out. Me and my girlfriend are just gonna stay at the house. We're gonna like try and make a different recipe than we've ever made before, and just hang hide away from everybody we don't get much time together like just one-on-one so yeah when we do we like did that. she say to you listen you're not playing a show on new year's you're gonna she, be home no, she actually told me to take it and i was like she no. told you to take <laughs> yeah, it she did. i and was like i'm good are you serious I'm there serious. was a real offer that came in that was probably appealing i'm and pretty sure we did didn't we it, yeah, yeah there was a real offer and you said i'm look i've been out on the road i sold out this you know so many dates on this tour <laughs> i've been out opening for people I've been, I've been i put an album out give me new year's give me new year's <laughs> off that's what that's what's happening on New Year's, right? And you're you're not gonna go out. You're not gonna go out with friends or anything. It's just you and your girlfriend. Man, I feel like when I'm on the road, I feel like I'm already out all the time. Like I'm I'm always out partying, doing the thing. Yeah, I gotta yeah. be the entertainer. Yeah. And then when I get to come home, it's like my time to. How long have you been dating this girlfriend? Uh, about a year and a half. How'd you guys meet? Uh, actually, through my manager. Are you serious? Yeah. Your manager set you up? Yeah. What? I guess not technically. Did, we didn't really tell her. But how did she, um, like, what was it, someone that she knew and was like, hey, you should meet this person and put you guys in touch? I think we were just all kind of like mutual friends before, and then I just started getting the hots for her, and it was all down from there. But she, so she wasn't trying to set you up? No. So you went to your manager and you said, manager, you need to manage the situation. <laughs> I, I've got the hots for this person. What do, what do I do? Help me. Help me pimp out my life here. Pretty much. Yeah. No. Uh, it just, everything worked out, man. It felt like we'd been best friends for years. So. Oh, just, my God. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, here's what I'm trying to understand, Cameron, because you've got this crazy story, this crazy country music story. And what I don't understand is your song, that's like your biggest song, Giving You Up, this was like one of the first songs that you ever wrote. Pretty much, like yeah, in your like, how, like three what? or four songs, three or four in. songs in. So I don't understand how you do this because most nobody writes good songs out of the gate, and the and I, how do you do this? How do how do you just start playing these chords that kind of sound good? Do you want the long story or the short story? I've got all the time in the world uh, for you, Cameron. I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out because like I've I've tried to write some songs in my day, but I I didn't have any talent. Where are you getting this from? How are you uh, how how did you write this song? So basically, I was with this other girl that I was planning on getting married to. I was like yeah. two weeks away from engagement. Did not work out. Two weeks before, I was 
uh, she was like, no, I just, I just think we need to separate for some time. You were going to propose in two weeks yeah, to her. I was. Yeah. And that fell through real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of came home beating up one night and I just kind of picked up my guitar and I was like, I want to write things out that I need to say. Uh, I, cause I'm, I'm real bad about like maybe sending a message that I probably shouldn't. So I was like, I need to just send some words or put some words down just to get them out of my head. And uh, the first thing I wrote down on, was, on the paper was uh, giving you up. And I just kind of started rambling. And I probably wrote two pages worth of things. And then I kind of picked up my guitar. My guitar was randomly in the room, which I always had my guitar around me. And uh, I just kind of started playing through chords and started singing that melody for the chorus. And I was like, all right, well, I have words here. I can maybe like finagle them around to make them into a song. And that's kind of how it happened i, I don't so, really know so you start just well you you take a notebook and you just start rambling yeah rambling phrases yeah. right and then you start playing some chords and you come up with what like this what are those chords like a one six yeah it's one one or four six one five four six one five you're like that sounds good that sounds yeah. like something familiar and then you just and then the melody just comes to you Pretty much, yeah. I, I mean i don't know I, it's kind of a weird thing how it happened it just, and do you think it's a good song when it's finished or you think it, how, how I was could like it, be? it is a song and I'm gonna play it. How could it be? I would be thinking, how is it even possible that the third song I ever wrote ends up being like could be good? I would oh, think there's I no still, way this song is I good. I still feel the same way, man. And uh Do I, you think it's good now though? Like do you think it's a good song or do you kind of cringe when you hear it? I guess I don't know. I'm kinda of back and forth. I've gotten so many messages from people that are like, Man, this song helped me through such a tough time and I was like, Well, I was in such a tough time when I wrote it. So and I know that those words were real and true because I was feeling that when I wrote it. And there's other times when I play the song, and I'm like, "Damn, I wish I'd have changed some of these lines out a little Seriously? bit." Seriously, yeah. Like, what line would you would you change? Uh, I think there's some stuff in the bridge that just kind of feels a little like maybe it doesn't need to be there. Yeah, or... it didn't need to be there, or maybe buffed up a little bit. Yeah. Like... So, but at the time when you wrote the song, you, what were you doing? You were working. At I was selling a car, car parts. You were selling car parts. Yeah. So, and you're gonna, and you're living in North Carolina, and you're gonna get engaged to this girl. In two weeks, you're gonna propose. Like you've got it all planned out. Yeah. But I understand if you had if you had gotten married to this girl, were you not going to chase the the artist thing, or was that not even on your radar? It was radar? not even on my radar, man. Uh, there was nothing in me. Like I just played bar gigs and stuff like that with yeah. my acoustic guitar just to make a little extra cash, like just kind of side hustle thing. But here's why I don't understand because I think to make it as an artist, you need so much intention and you need so much drive. You're right. And all of a sudden, does that click in? Like maybe do you feel like? Um, now I'm out of this relationship, so this is a fresh start. I did feel that, and I would say maybe, maybe a year down the line, or no, I, maybe six months down the line, I get a phone call randomly while I'm at work, and I answer it because I wasn't really paying attention to work stuff at all. And uh, these people are like, "Hey, you should come on the Voice," and I'm like, "This can't be real." I kind of like fill them out and everything. They send me a bunch of information, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, this is legit." So I went to do that and i think that was like my first taste of like the music industry and i was like oh this is this is all i want so i met so many songwriters while i was out there and that's what made me want to chase this the most i was like the writing like i i want to write and so much right so and wait kinda, how'd they find you from i think instagram instagram from yeah. social, you're posting these covers and you're sitting on this song yeah and you're and are you th thinking i gotta hold on to this song this is like this could be my ticket this song or I you just, you I just wanted music song. out. It was kind of a bucket list thing for me. It was like, I want to have music on a platform that lives forever. So I was like, I'm going to put it out, see what happens with it. And yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And then, so then you go on The Voice, and 
I, I and then it, and then when you go on the voice, then it feels attainable. Then you feel I like guess. screw I, this car parts thing. I was yeah. Oh yeah, I put my two weeks in. I was like, we'll right after going on the voice, or right, right before, after, man. right after. Yeah, you I go. Can, I was, screw this. I'm I'm gonna become a big star. <laughs> At least I thought. I, yeah, I was it, like, I'm gonna try my best to do something. And what does everyone say? They say they're like encouraging. Actually, I would say my whole family's always been super encouraging. My boss wasn't too happy about it, but he learned to love it after a little bit of. Like, I bet if you asked him now, he said I was always encouraging. Yeah, exactly. I, I pushed him to do it. That's exactly right? how it is. But I just, but so if you had gone proposed, if you had you know gone engaged to this girl, you wouldn't have chased this dream. But probably, maybe the voice not. would have found you anyway. Maybe I don't know. I I try and leave the past in the past with that one. I don't know. Yeah. So, so this is like a whole new section of life for me, and I'm like just now breaking into it and exploring it. So what's the, what's the section of what? Like now that you're an artist, yeah, that section is new. It feels like all the stuff like that whole I guess planning on getting engaged and that that feels like 150 years ago for some reason. Yeah. Even though it was like maybe six years ago. Now would you get engaged today, or do you feel like you're young, like too young? I would get engaged. Yeah. If yeah, at the right time. The right time. And maybe if it gets blown off, you'll pivot to a whole other career. Yeah, path. who knows? And I'm going every... like water skiing <laughs> champion or something. Water skiing champion, never say never. No, no, no. We're stuck in this music thing. I feel it. The, the, right. This is the right place. Um, so, but when does the song resurface? Like, when do you get an opportunity to play the song for someone and say, what about this? Maybe this could be a single or this could be a new song. Um, I think I had been coming to Nashville just kind of writing with people, writing with people. Nobody really, I would play that song for people and just be, and everybody was like, ah, I think it needs some work, I think it needs some work. And I was like, all right. And I would go home. I wouldn't even change anything. And I'd be like, all right. And I'd take it to somebody else and need some work. And then, you know, I was like, but you why do what? you keep playing it for people? Because you got, you have, you I must just, think it's a I good song. I wanted someone, I did. I guess I felt like deep down in my soul, I was like, it felt like something right to me. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to hold on to it. And I was like, I'm going to put it out. So I ended up getting with a producer in town. Um, and, went in and recorded it and i had never been in that kind of situation didn't know how to like even help in a production sense and so i was just kind of sitting in the back with big eyes like what do i what do i do in this situation here and does he say that wait a second this could be a good song like do you bring him that song you say listen i don't care what you say we're recording this i will say or do you play him a couple songs and you say let's pick the best one together we had a couple songs um and he liked another one way more than this one. And then when we got this one finished, or giving you up finished, um, that's when he was like, that's that's the first song you drop. So I was like, all right, I'm trusting you. I don't know anybody. I didn't have a manager or anything at the time. So I was like, you tell me when. So we ended up putting it out and just kind of saw how it went. And how does the song actually get momentum? How did you put it out? You put it out through like DistroKid or something? Uh, what did I, I don't even remember the service. Something. Yeah, one of those Tune cores. Tune like, cores, that's the one. Something. You throw it up on Tune Core, and then does the song get traction? How does the song actually get traction? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. I remember. But it has to, it, does it get traction that early? It got somehow 560 streams the first day it came out, and I was like, man, we're doing something. And then all of a sudden the next day it went to like 5,000. I was like, oh my gosh. And then it just kept growing people were saving it and saving it and saving it and i like only way i knew how to look at analytics at that point was like oh i just got to log into spotify i didn't have like a spotify artist account i could go in you would just go and see like the yeah count so so why ever write with anyone ever again when looking back it seems like your biggest song was written solo do you tap do you try to tap into that i write by myself a lot do you i do how Uh, many songs i that's the only song in your debut on this debut album that you wrote solo though right am i mistaken about that yeah but you're writing a lot 
on your own. I do. I write a lot by myself. Uh, I've actually been doing that a lot more recently, trying to refine, I guess, my sound. Because there's a lot of, how do I say this delicately? No, there's just a, say it. There's a lot Don't of stuff delicate. in town that I feel like I've heard before. And like I'll get into a room and I'll get discouraged real quick. And I feel like I went through a boot camp when I first moved to town to how to write a song. And I don't really feel like there's rules that need to be involved when writing songs. What does that mean? When you first get to town, is it just the writers that you're in the room yeah, with? Yeah, you're like, all right, there's a verse, there's a chorus, there's a verse. They kind there's of a bridge, the maybe, ringer. and then there's a chorus. Yeah. And then there's like, there is no change in the melody between the verses. Like, you got to stay on that. And I was like, oh, I didn't do that on Giving You Up. And it... It worked. And it worked. Yeah. So, but do you feel like that's kind of where you learned those, you know, those basic rules? And yeah. now when you get into a room, do you feel like they're, you know, maybe the writers you're getting in with, some of them are trying to keep you in some kind of box? I don't think anybody's keeping me in a box. I think I just have learned that I need to step up and say something and be like, no, actually, I want to do it this way. Yeah. And finding that power in a writing room is something that is. And will you you say that, like, I know one of your favorite writers is Jesse Alexander, right? So, like, if she's taking you in a direction, will you have the courage to say, Jesse, Jesse, I don't think this is the right path. Let's try this path. Or Or if she says, no, no, this is great, you know, and you disagree, will you trust her or will you lean into what she's doing? Um, I think we would have an open discussion about it because I trust Jesse as, as a songwriter. I mean, she's Gale wrote the climb. So, I mean, I what can I say to her yeah. that like she obviously has it figured out as well. Um, but I think for my music I have to be conscious of like how I would say something, if you know if that makes sense. So, but when you write solo, you feel like then you can kind of say whatever you want. Yeah, I have that's a freedom for me and that's like when I Yeah. So I write weird stuff so though. Because like, maybe when you're writing with other people, even though you maybe have the confidence to say that's not me or that's what I would say, you're still sort of bending yeah. to what they want to do a little bit. Yeah. And when you're writing solo, you can just do whatever whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever I'm feeling and yeah. I feel like that's like a kind of a liberation for me. Like if I start to feel cooped up, I'll write something alone. And does someone and, at your label or does your A and R or something say his one of his biggest songs he wrote solo maybe we should have him keep writing solo or do they want you to write with other people i don't think they they really care man they let me do whatever i want honestly they they've really been kind to me in that way yeah. just kind of like you know how to create your project or your yeah your projects and you get off there and do or you yeah. go out there and do it so so when noah thompson sings the song on american idol he auditions with the song what how do you find out about that so it's kind of weird. Uh, I was on tour with uh, Riley Green, and I think we were playing. We were somewhere in Kentucky. I can't remember the, the city we were in. Um, but I had a guy come up to me. He's like, man, I'm going to use your song on American Idol. And I was like, oh, man, that's freaking cool. What do you mean? He came up to you at a show? I guess so. I don't really remember this. I can't lie. Well, how are you telling the story then? What do you mean? Because me and him have talked about it. And he yeah. says and he, he came up like, to he you. He came up to me. And I was Briefly remember, because I was standing at the soundboard yeah. uh, watching Riley set, or in between Riley set. But a million people come up to you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I just didn't really think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, I, I got reached out to uh, by my manager, and she was like, yeah, they're going to use this song on American Idol. And it tunes in, or she was like, this is the day it's going to, like, come on. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So I definitely tuned in and watched him, and he killed it. And I he was, did a great job, he did. didn't he? He ended up winning the show. He ended up is, winning the show. So, wait, so then you go back. On what, the final? And you sing the song with him. I think it was like two shows before the final. But yes, I go to his yeah. hometown and get So first of all, I feel like that's got to be the biggest confidence boost ever. This is like a big, big brother moment. Yeah, showing man. up here, singing the song 
with this kid who's like just one about to win American Idol, but then you get to show up and you get a you kind of I don't know it's a huge power trip. I feel I, it'd be a confidence <laughs> boost. I I would feel so confident going into that. Like, uh, hey, young kid, I don't know. Like, what was the energy? How does that work? So for me, man, when I did The Voice, um, since I'm from Carolina and Luke Holmes is from Carolina, yeah. I did uh, One Number Away, uh, which is Combs' song, and he ended up FaceTiming me and just kind of giving me some, like, kind words. and Like, what does he say? He's basically like, man, just keep fighting for it. He's yeah. like, get, get to town, like, learn to write, do this and that and I was just kind of trying to soak up the whole moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like one of these people I've been listening to has actually paid attention to a song that I sang, or like, look, it paid attention to me singing one of their songs. And I was like, man, that's cool. So I was like, I want to give that back to somebody else. So how's that work then when you do the performance? Do you like rehearse it all day or do you rehearse it a couple times? No, we, it was a whole surprise for him. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't watch the clip and they took it offline. So I haven't seen it because I tried to find it. And I couldn't find it. Basically, so what did, ends up happening? He does a hometown show and he's like playing all the songs that he'd done on the uh, on the show. And then I think he's like one of his last songs. Uh, yeah, he kicks into giving you up. So I go up there and and you go up there and you just jump in. Yeah. And I just jump. In oh, and my God. This clip. The clip is on YouTube. But when you click it, it says it's like taken down. Oh, wow. Like the clip doesn't exist. Yeah. But I feel like this has got to be an incredible clip. <laughs> Holy cow. So you're what side stage at this hometown show yeah. and you jump on and you just sing with him. And then you do you moments afterwards, and then they didn't give us any time. I, they I just rip I, you away. Well, they ripped him away. Like I don't. I guess they had to get him back to L.A. or something for the next taping or wherever he had to go next. But I was just like, man, it was fun. And then they were like, all right, we'll see. And do you reach out to him, or do you? Th- oh yeah, we like, we talk. We're trying to get a right setup. So I want to. Oh yeah, him. yeah. Has he moved to town? I, I think he's still in Kentucky, but he's. He's doing his thing, man. He's playing shows. Good for him. So, but do you? Will you call him up and will you say, hey, man? What are you doing? If you want to take a go at this, you need to move to town. Would you play that I would, figure in his life? I would, life? yeah, but I, at this point, man, well, the way that country music is going, I don't know if there's, if you have to be in town necessarily. I mean, there's good writers anywhere. You can come to town, visit as much as you want. But. Do you think so? Because I feel like that goes against what a lot of people say. You think you could do it, you know, not I, mean, I, I look not at the Texas side. I see yeah. what they're doing. I look at the Oklahoma. I look at, like, the people from Kentucky that are doing it, and I don't know, man. I, I've I've kind of stopped buying into the whole. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. Uh, I've stopped buying into the bullshit. I don't know. I've just kind of. I want to do my own thing. I like making music. I, it's what fills my soul, and I don't want to have so much going around that makes me feel down or anything like that. I just want to make music. That's what yeah. I care about. Would you, I mean, there's a lot of artists like Eric Church, Justin Moore, I think Sky McCreary, who like yeah. don't really live in town. Yeah. Like, would that be you? Would you go move back to North Carolina, maybe come to Nashville when you have to, or, you know, Well, I love business? Tennessee enough where I would move yeah. like an hour away. I think an hour away where I could just have some land spread out a little bit and not hear yeah. the noise. Cause I'm not used to the, all the buildings. Like I'm not used to the traffic or anything like this. So it's kind of a, I, I feel stuck when I'm in town. Like, wait, wait, just being in a city makes you feel stuck? Yeah. yeah. I think so. You're a country boy. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know. Yeah. I just, like, everywhere I look, like, there's people, and it's, it's but just But what's weird. the part of the industry that drives you crazy? Because it feels like you're out, you've got this big debut record, you're selling out shows, you're on the road. Like, do people just sort of feel superficial around you, or, like, w- like what elements of it do you think, you know, maybe it's not worth being in town for? I don't know if it's if it's anybody in particular. I think it's just the way that I, I feel when I'm here. Yeah. Where I just... I just kind of want to get out a little bit. And I don't feel like I'm 
as much as I'm in town, I don't feel like I can live the world of the country songs that we're trying to write. So they don't feel real to me when I'm writing them when I'm in town, if that yeah. makes sense. Because your song and the, the name of your debut album, We Were Cowboys, this is a brilliant song. Appreciate because it. you've said in interviews that you're really not a cowboy. Yeah. But this is kind of a song about a cowboy mindset. Or this is this is you imagining that you're a cowboy almost. All I wanted to be when I was young was a cowboy. Was and a I, cowboy. You, I thought I would have thought yeah. I was. I mean, so, but <laughs> I had no is, idea what it actually meant. This is a brilliant song because you get to sort of tap it in that country thing of cowboys, but you you're not you're not a poser, right? You're not yeah. talking about some rodeo that you're riding or whatever. You're saying how you want to be a cowboy. Is that kind of what you said when you went to the room to write the song? Do you say, guys, I really want to write a song about cowboys, but I'm not a cowboy. How, how do that, we do that's that? That's really Is how that I what went. you say? Yeah. So uh, I was in Wyoming. I was writing with Tyler Farr and Wyatt McCubbin. And um, we were sitting down. It was like the last day. And I just kind of had that guitar, like the opening guitar thing. And I was playing it. And um, I think it was Tyler came out of nowhere and was like, what if we song, write a song called We Were Cowboys? He says that line. Yeah. And I, I think me and Wyatt both looked at each other. I was like, well, we're out on that. Like, well, we're not a, I'm not a cowboy. And then I think Wyatt was like, but did you ever think you were? And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely thought I was. And he was like, that's how we, that's the angle. And that's kind of where it came from. And so that makes so much sense to me. And then instantly you go, wait a second, maybe I could have a song mm-hmm. that sounds as cool as We Were Cowboys and it's going to feel right for me. Yeah. Right? For sure. And, okay, so then you start writing that song. That That's such a great song. It's how just like does... the story of how I grew up, man. It was like the mindset yeah. I was in. It was the things that I did. And I don't know. It's, it that like I try and put out the songs that feel real to me. Yeah. When you uh the last song on this record Long Way Down, I love this song too. This feels like a like a real southern rock. It's an old school song. I think it'd been in town for 20 years. I, I was going to ask that. you, how do you find this song? Craig I, Wiseman wrote this. Who writes this? Craig Wiseman and um shoot, his name just escaped my mind. I cannot remember. Here, let's see if uh, I can find it. Ha- who pitches it. you this song? How do you find this song? Uh the publisher in town. He was like, "Man, this is a long like song but i've all or a uh is yeah it's a long song and it's like a song that's been around town michael forever. spriggs see yeah. michael spriggs who is that i don't know who that is i couldn't tell you some some guy that craig wiseman wrote the song with so they say to you hey this song's been in town for a long time yeah. who cuts this this is not a commercial radio hit I, this is a jam i've always had it in my mind to not chase radio um i feel like i've went back and forth on that and been like but it just it doesn't feel right to me and i was like yeah this song is what i listened to when i was young like i love the old like leonard skinner days and yeah. things like that and that feels like a skinner like it just reminds me of all like the kind of music that i used to listen to so like Allman you, brothers and, yeah so so you hear this song public like a publisher plays you this song yeah. and you say oh my god what you just said this reminds me of my childhood we yeah. have to cut this well i didn't say that we had to cut it i was like can i throw a vocal on it just see how it feels so they had to redo the whole demo because, like, you couldn't get this, uh, the track the stems off. off. Yeah, you couldn't stem. take the vocal yeah, off what was there. That. So, basically, yeah, I just kind of went in, cut a demo on it, and was like, all right, yeah, I did so, it. It was fun to do. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to put it out. But who does the demo? Dan Huff does the demo? No, um, uh, Jake Gant did. Or not Jake Gant. Uh, Jake, um, he wrote Girl on Fire with me. I can't oh. remember. His, I'm so bad with names, man. I've got it right here. So wait, wait. Let's see. Let's see. So let's let's just Jason let's, Gant. That's let's just name. give credit to people. Jason Gant and Josh Osborne. Yeah. So okay. So you you make this demo because you're honestly you're just like this is a fun song. Let me you know you know I'm singing around the house. Let me throw a demo on this. Yeah. You know why not? 
But much. you're really not thinking there's no way this goes on the album. You're thinking there's no way I put I this I think out. at first I was, and then like I was starting to write more, so I was like, oh, well, then maybe something else will beat it out. Yeah. And then I was like, screw it. Why not just throw it on there? Like Nobody's heard that sound in forever. And like maybe, I love that sound. Yeah, I do too. Are it's, you worried that you're going to be labeled as like a dad rocker or something? That's sort of a dad rock sound, I isn't know. it? It is. It definitely is. It is. I don't I don't care. But man. then, so, but then when do you go, you know what, I'm going to do this, and then who do you bring it to? Do you bring it to Dan? Yeah. Me and then and I feel like Dan's got to have a ball with this song. This oh, is like a guitar song. Absolutely. So man. does he say, like, oh, yeah, like, let's dive into this? Does absolutely. he get excited when you bring that song in, or he is does. he kind of cool the whole time? He, he is pretty, I mean, he's a cool guy. But yeah, no, he was, he was ecstatic about that one, man. He, he really was. He was like, I haven't done something with this kind of sound in so long. So, like, we've kind of been, like, even on the newer music that we've been cutting here recently, like, we're doing things a little different. Like we're yeah. just kind of getting to both of our roots, and he's like, "We're recording on tape now." Um, really? Yeah. And just, do you, when you listen back, does that does that does it have a different sound? It does, man. It's a bigger, wider sound. It's it's the sound that I remember listening to. It's a different atmosphere yeah. of music and a different time frame of music that has always spoke to me. Isn't that expensive to record on tape? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> it, uh, I guess we'll find out when we get the bills. <laughs> it's got to be more expensive I, than I think. The rolls are like eight hundred extra dollars. So okay, yeah, that, that's in the when you're already, that's a couple tickets to yeah. one of your shows. But hang on, so long way down, you're playing. No, no you're keeping the tickets very affordable for the fans. I, I just want to clear <laughs> no, that up. No, no. He's he's being very reasonable about this. But hold on, so long way down is like such a jam. So d does Dan bring in other guitar players, or who's playing guitars on that record? So guitars on that particular song was Tom Bukovec, which is one of my favorite. Yeah, uh, Chris Donegan, oh, he's yeah. amazing, and uh, Dan. Dan played some stuff on it too. And does Dan kind of orchestrate everyone and say like, you know? But then there's a jam at the end of the song. Does that sort of happen naturally? Like, no, how does that jam happen? They cut the click, and we just go for it. So for the, as long as we feel it. <laughs> so what? So like the song is all to a click, except for that ending. Except bit. for that whole. And they ending. cut it, and then they just go. We Let's. just go off the rails and just see who plays, who steps up where. Yeah. It's just kind of a. It's a mess in like the best way. And would would you have been allowed to put this song anywhere on the album, but the last track? It kind of feels like it's a last track song, which I love. It, it to me, it felt like a last track song because it's like, just sort. It's not a throwaway, but it's just like this is here. It, this song to me seems like nobody let you put the song on the record and they all let you compromise by putting it at the end. <laughs> no, man. I just That's I, not what happened here? No, I made that call. I was like, it feels like a last track. It's kind of like the finale track of, yeah. the, of the record for yeah, me. Yeah, I love it. I, I got all the way to the end and I said, oh my god. this is a, and Are you playing it live? Or? Oh yeah, we play it live. Really? It's fun, man. I tried to find we a We cut like two minutes out of it because it's like seven minutes No, long. why wouldn't you jam it out and uh, uh, people are there for you, don't they? I think they want to hear the song. I think they want hear the jam <laughs> i i don't know we've we've played it a couple times and like the full length and it didn't work as well yeah. as we wanted it to so what we was this thing you it. did something recently you did like an allman brothers tribute at the I beacon did. i did at the what beacon. was that uh so basically it was seven uh the 75th birthday of greg uh allman so we went out and uh we had old dominion gavin DeGraw, jackson dean um need to breathe uh uh, there was yeah quite a few people I cannot remember. And everybody. you sung you sing Whipping Post right? Yeah, that was a ball for That's me. That's a tough song to sing, isn't it? Man, it was. I think I, ha I had a vocal break in the first <laughs> in like the first chorus, and then finally I was good after that. But I was does like, that oh, come that's embarrassing? Kind of natural. Wait, what was embarrassing? The vocal crack that I had. Oh, in you the had first vocal crack. Oh yeah. Oh, it was oh, a bad one too. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Nah, I think they were with you. <laughs> I think they were cheering for you. I saw that clip. Yeah, they was, they were freaking fun. out. And but is that like the beacon? Does that come naturally to you? That style? I feel like it kind of does. It does. I 
I grew up listening to a lot of blues music and a lot of soul and like singers, like real true, like people that would wail. Like Chris Stapleton's another one who's just like, he's a singer, like when you hear it. And Greg Allman's the same way. So to be able to jump on that stage and do that, it just, it feels right to do things like that, like in my vocals. It at least brings me back to a style that I know and love. Yeah. That was a great clip. I thought instantly, I was like, oh, he's at the Beacon. You can tell because it's oh. so distinguished And looking. the Beacon, golly. Is that your first time in the Beacon? It was. It was a beautiful place. It's man. one of the best. I'm biased to it, but the, it's gorgeous inside. The yeah. interior is incredible. So there's also the song on the album, Granny's Got a Garden, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I love this song. This is literally about your grandma who smokes a lot of weed. Pretty much, right? Yeah. What's the uh, who? How do you bring this into a song into a writer's room? How do you bring that idea? So, is that I'm well at- received when you bring that idea into a room? It was kind of funny. Uh, we were at, or me and Rob Lifford were at Doghouse or Dogwood, one of the two. I don't remember Doghouse. And um, I'm kind of talking to some other buddies at another table. And I was like, "Yeah, man, Grandma's been." smoking the hell out of some weed lately and he was like did you just say your grandma smokes weed and i was like yeah man you wouldn't believe it. she has a couple plants too and he was like well we got to write about that so we had a write coming up like the next week or two weeks after that with the warren brothers and uh we just kind of went into it and brought the idea and told them what it was about and we just kind of talked about our grandmas for a while and the things that they had like the grocery list on the phone bill is probably one of my favorite lines cause yeah right right liver- my grandma that's the only way she'll go to the go to the uh grocery store if she has a list like a handwritten list so does she like the song she loves it she, she came out right out yeah she came out with you at uh the nashville show she sure did and she's singing with you or, or what happened no she's she just, just came... sitting back there on a rocking chair she just wanted to be on stage I was she like, just wanted to be on stage i'll just get you up there and now do you guys that, that's so funny <laughs> i can't and there's a story here too right like didn't she catch you when you were younger yeah man uh i had kind of went to the house um uh, for breakfast one morning and it smoked in the car and was like They'll never, they'll never know what that damn smell is. So I went in the house, I hugged her, and I was like, hey, how you doing and everything? She was like, have you been smoking? I was like, yeah, Grandma, I have. I, I've kind of cowered down a little I would have denied. Denied till you die. Oh, well, I can't lie to my grandma. She always finds out. Why not? So. I, I, I think you totally could. <laughs> oh, man. But I ended up telling her, and she was like, well, I need to talk to you. And takes me back into her bedroom, and she's like, like acting like she's about to rip me a new one. She pulls out a drawer and the bag of weed and starts rolling a joint and and we just started smoking, and breakfast was really good that morning. <laughs> Any other family members come out as uh, smoking weed? Every last one of them. Are you serious? I'm serious, man. The, the whole family? The whole family. I, did, I had no idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's Well, hilarious. everybody except for my, my pops will not. He's very straight-laced. My grandpa's maybe. Everybody else, yeah, they don't care. This is this is fun. This is a fun. The Marlowe family sounds like a fun family to be in. Yeah, and I, they we have been. They were the strictest parents growing up. Were they? Ever, but yeah. now what? Now they oh, now, now they're out partying. Yeah, now they're, they're they want to get ball. involved. Yeah, <laughs> this is. I feel like it'd be fun to be in the Marlowe family. Yeah, you know, yeah. now you're out playing shows. You're out opening for people. You're, you just announced Chase Rice tour. Yeah, this is gonna be big. When you go out with Brad Paisley, when were you out with Brad Paisley last year, right? Or the year yeah, last, last year. year. So when you go out with Brad Paisley, he always brings his openers out to sing I'm Still a Guy yep. with them, right? So you did this every night? I did. And how does that work? Because I'm always curious. Like, does he have the time at the beginning of the tour to say, here's what we're going to do. Let's rehearse it a couple times. Here's your part. Here's what I'm going to sing. Yeah. Or do you kind of just go up and wing it? Like, how's that work? No, we hit it once uh, and, like, 
I knew the words, so like, just because you grew up with the song, yeah. So yeah. like I knew the words, went up there, and then he was like, "All right, perfect." And so it wasn't like it was a, it's a very relaxed thing up there. Yeah. So, but you go up, and then do, are you taking phones of fans and doing selfies too? Yeah. That's like a highlight of the show. When yeah, he, we're we're messing around with people, and he always yeah. takes somebody's phone, goes through their Amazon list if it's unlocked, and that yeah, it's pretty funny. That it's so good. That's like a kind of like a big moment in the Brad Paisley show when yeah. he brings out the opener, right? Yeah, man, it's fun. Oh my god, he's one of my favorites, Brad I know, Paisley. He's, he's such a good dude and just an incredible guitar player. Do your guitar players in your band do they kind of nerd out over him and do they kind of freak I, out? Yeah, over they his do. Guitar and, playing? and I do. Like I'm, a, I'm over there. Looking is he at all is his he gear. cool about though? Like, will he kind of? Oh yeah, he'll like, he'll let you see whatever you want to see, and he'll his guitar tech's super awesome and like let you play what you want so are you picking up his tellies and you're kind of i will not pick up yeah i, I personally would not he said it, he said that we could pick it up and all of us were like nope i, I would have picked that. him up uh, <laughs> i, I would have gone into that well he's got that 52 that's super nasty that uh yeah, that yeah blonde 52 and i really wanted to play it but i was like there's i, I would have played it why do you think not because you're worried that you're gonna dent it or you're gonna I, screw I just it up know or something? my luck man and <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you don't want to like, be the one to not a 52 if it was like a brand yeah. new i would have been like yeah man i'll play it. those <laughs> things he he takes those things and he puts the jeep benders and all of them yeah. though which is hilarious like they're already messed up by the time they get to him that's very true i, I would have picked that thing up and i would have just dug into it that's what i would have done this is big though so now you're going out with chase rice how, how you a lot of dates how many dates are you doing with chase uh, no we're only doing two with him yeah For, a... screw that two yeah. dates with chase rice and then what uh more solo dates uh no we got the thomas red tour in canada uh for three weeks which is gonna be a long three weeks. It's gonna be really why? Because it's Canada. just it's just straight back to back three back weeks. To back, you fly out weeks. there and then you go. Yeah, we're bus. Yeah. yeah, we bus up and then stay in Canada for three weeks in the middle of February, which is gonna be freezing cold. So I'm not good with cold weather. Isn't North Carolina doesn't it get cold? Not too bad. Oh really? Yeah, not too bad at all. I mean, like we'll get down to the 40s or 30s. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe every once in a while we'll yeah. get sub freezing. Is this when you start making the real money though? When you start playing shows and like, and now you're selling out shows. Like, is, is that when the real funds start coming in? I think the fun or the funds. The funds. I haven't seen funds. I don't know funds. What do you mean? <laughs> there's there there. I think we, at this level, there's got to be some funds coming in, right? Oh man, after after COVID, like we we had to take that. We had to take anything we could. Uh, so man, I I feel like next year we'll maybe start making some good cash. But this year, man, we're just. We're just doing it because we love it, man. I, I've yeah. always been a, a a firm believer that if you do what you love and you do it the right way, that the money will come. And I'm, I'm not somebody that really cares too much about money. Um, I, it's just not something that I strive towards. I just strive to do what I love. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to get, though? When the big funds come in, do you have a purchase in mind? I'm getting a bus with a bunk in the back, or a uh, bed in the back. You're going to buy a bus? <laughs> oh, hell no. I'm just going to make sure that I can have a That you can have, a, have bus. a bed in the back. Yeah, we were just talking about this, that your last bus had a bed in the back that yeah, you would I sleep got, in. got spooled quick. Yeah, man. and your band hated you because oh, you, were, you had the whole, the whole lounge in the back, <laughs> and they thought you were a diva. But you now, but this is what you're gonna do now. Oh, for sure. The, with the first chance you have to get back into a bus like that, screw the band. They yeah. can sleep in bunks. <laughs> I've got the bunk in the back. They right? call me King of the Castle. For is that what reason. they call you? Yeah, but you're the name on the marquee, so I think it's uh, I think it's warranted. I I I think it's allowed. It's funny, man. They've yeah. all been my best friends. Have uh, they? For a long time. Yo, I brought them all from Carolina, and then. They we've been playing. For what are the years. odds that you have friends from North Carolina who are great players? Isn't that absurd? It is. Well, we all grew up uh, going to a certain church that had like a very high level of musicianship. That yeah, just kind of ran through it. So like I met these met, like met these guys through that, and uh, then when push came to shove, we started playing a couple shows like 
and bar shows before I had even done the voice. And then after the voice, we started doing more and more. And uh, then, yeah, kind of moved to Nashville. They had a tryout, and they all made it. So they're still sticking with me. What do you me. mean they had a tryout? Like, My manager tried to fire them. Really? Yeah. Why? Oh yeah, because she, they weren't yeah. – you didn't think they were up to snuff? Or, yeah. And were they – and uh, come on, in hindsight, were they up to snuff at the time? Yeah. I mean, they weren't – So you were just a lot better now, but they – They weren't as good. Yeah. She thought, what are the odds that these yeah. kids from North Carolina are going to be – we're in Nashville. Let's yeah. get some Nashville players – they take it seriously, man. They're 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 incredible people and incredible players. If they didn't meet, if they didn't know you, they would they have come here, or they probably would still be in North I think Carolina. They'd still be in Carolina, man. Or they yeah they take they, they still are they, still they haven't moved there. to Nashville. Mm-mm. And why is it just you just feel you just feel good out with them? You feel like because you your band looks very cool. Because I would have thought that your band was <laughs> We're a like Motley crew for sure. <laughs> I thought for sure you, you know what your band looks like musicians, right? Yeah. Like they look like people who are guitar players and bass players, and like I thought for sure your band would have been a bunch of Nashville guys, oh. but they're just kids. They're just guys from North Carolina. Yeah, they're just guys I grew up with, pretty much. So, and are they going to move to Nashville or no? Uh, maybe eventually. If it, but it's only a six and a half hour drive. They'll drive up for bus call. Yeah, ride the bus and then drive back. Uh, and are they cool like opening? So so now this, there's like a whole new perspective here because now when they're on tour with Brad Paisley. Like, are they cool around, you know, massive country stars? Yeah. They're, they're they, they can the hold their own. They're, they're jaded the same way. Because they've just done so much or because that just isn't important to them. They're they're in it for the music. And they, they yeah, we're all in are. it for the music, man. We, we we really care about that. We like to make friends. Like, that's, that's what we care about. And, like, just, like, having good people around us and, like, yeah. that's... That's all we care about. So, are, is there a music director or something, or you guys are sort of just putting the the set together and everything yourself? We all just kind of have a group chat. We text back and forth about it, and kind of find what we do and what we like, what we don't like. And after a show, we'll have like a meeting and be like, "Did that feel right? No, nah, let's let's switch these two. So, so it's kind of a group effort. Yeah. So, will you go in like before the Thomas Rhett tour? You're going to spend like three days at SIR rehearsing, or like you feel like you got this? Like after we've been playing this tour. Uh, we've been doing it since June or July or something like that. So, like, we have all the songs down. It'll just be a matter of maybe, like, an hour or a couple hours at SIR just to get the 30-minute uh, set locked down. Because we're yeah. used to playing a 90, so this is going to be cake for us. So how, how are you going to whittle it down? Is it going to be different every night, or are you going to pick pick a set list and uh I don't know. It might, it might change. Up. It. We like to switch things around. Yeah. We'll get bored quick. Where's the best part in the set to put Giving You Up in? Is it the last song? Right now, it's the last before the encore. So it's so it's not the last. So it's the yeah. last song, but then you're then you I do walk an encore. off then, and the way you do we, for the if we encore, get an encore, we'll do uh, burn them all. Burn them all. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a big song too. Yeah, Why man. is that the way to do it? Why not put giving you up, you know, in the encore and make sure they stick around? I want the uh, I want the energy in the last song. I want to feel. I want everybody to feel like leave on a high. It's a it's a better last song. It is independently. Yeah. Yeah. There's sense. a little bit more tempo to it. It just feels better. And, and what are, what are you opening with? Uh, first song is what is the first song? I should know this. Come on. Um, yeah, sober as a drunk. Sober as a drunk. Great song off the first EP. Yep. Not not on the debut record. No. Why not? Didn't Too many songs it. on the debut record. No, I just didn't feel it. I didn't want to put all the songs that I'd already had out back. I wanted to select the couple that I really liked out of them and the ones that really felt like moved yeah. the like the record forward. So. Yeah. Is there someone who is a Cameron Marlowe fan? Like, are you starting to put a face to these fans and saying a Cameron Marlowe fan is this kind of person? <laughs> or is it a pretty diverse group of people? You know, it's actually pretty diverse. Some cities are 
really different than others. Um, yeah. Who came out to the New York show? Like, what kinds of people? Was it like country people, or did you feel like it was like New York finance people? No, were... there was there was some country people. I think that it, a lot of them came from upstate New York. That makes sense, or at least looked like that. Yeah. Came from upstate. Isn't that I don't crazy know. Because most bands don't do that well in New York, except us. I think Spencer Crandall just sold out Mercury Lounge. Yeah, we were out Breland. He sold out two nights in New York. Yeah, and then you sold out your show in New York. Like New York's becoming like a country hub. It looks like it, man, and the crowd was awesome. Were I mean, they? Yeah, they were super hype. And sometimes you don't know. But, like, I think our best show, which blew my mind, was um, right next to Harvard in uh, Boston. Where'd you play? Paradise? No, Ro- I can't remember. I'm so... At the, that the Sinclair? Oh, the Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. a fun club, actually. That's, that's a like a rock club. club. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they are rowdy as can be in there, man. And they're singing yeah. every song. Boston's a big country market, though. They, they like country music. I, I'd there. never been there, so it was yeah. kind of mind-blowing for me. Yeah. Cameron Marlowe. Okay, here's here's what we've learned. All right. We've learned that these kids that he grew up with are on the road with him. <laughs> and that meeting Cameron was the best thing that ever happened to them in their entire lives. That's that's incredible. We've learned that uh he's you know, he's so dialed in at this point, maybe a couple hours in the rehearsal room, <laughs> and then he's gonna be on the road with Thomas Rhett. are you doing arenas in Canada? Yep. With Thomas Rhett? Yeah. That how how do you learn how to do that? I don't understand. I feel like this whole thing came to you very easily. You're a natural at this. I don't know, man. I I've definitely had to cut my teeth a long a long time. Where like, are you cutting your teeth? Three songs in, you're writing your biggest no. hit. Where like I where mean, does like, the teeth cutting the road, happen? Like happen? we've had a lot of bad shows. But do you feel like like why? Because you're because of the band, or do you feel like you had to learn how to be a performer? I had to learn how to be a performer. Yeah, I, I had to learn how to be comfortable. Uh, I had to learn how to make the people feel like they're with you. Uh, I think that's a big part of what, like, what does that mean? How, like, like how, I, I feel like if you can have a connection with your fans and like, feel like they're just as much a part of the show that you're putting on, then like you're doing something right. Like I want them to leave and be like, man, I feel like I got to know Cameron, even though he's yeah. just singing. So how is that just because of a intention or an, an intent that you put behind your singing or are there some tricks that you do or do you say something uh, it's in between, between like songs? my talking points that I say yeah. sometimes during the shows and and the way that I sing and I don't know I I just try and be personal I try and meet as many of them as I can and that's they're the ones who drive everything for me that's that's what I care about is the fans yeah 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 that makes sense and then okay so the album's out now we were cowboys this has been out for a minute but if you haven't listened to it, you gotta go listen to it. It's on Spotify. This is a fun album cover too. What was the vibe of this album cover? Was it like a '70s throwback thing? It's funny because I, it looks just like my grandma's house. The is one it that, her that house? Smoke. No, it's not. But it, she used to have wood paneling all over her walls. Yeah, and I, we sat and took a bunch of pictures, and I was like, you know what? That that looks like it. That reminds me That's of where, like, where I was when I was young, and like for the, like the title track of We Were Cowboys. So I was like, that's that's the one. That's the one. I think it's great with the Columbia logo in the corner. Try and be classic. With it's it, classic, <laughs> right? Do you get a say if you want the logo in the corner? Yeah. And you go, yeah, let's do it because it just looks instantly looks timeless, it does. right? I agree. Oh, I love that. This is big. Cameron Marlowe is doing big things. I don't know, know how trying. he's doing it. I'm he's <laughs> he hasn't been doing it that long, and it feels like he's been doing this for ten years, uh, which I don't understand. Do you feel like you've somehow gotten your ten thousand hours in? Like somehow, maybe from listening to records or from going to concerts yourself as a kid, like how did you learn how to do this? I just don't, a, I don't, I don't get it. I'm a music junkie. Um, I listen to everything, all, all genres, anything I can. I focus more on the country and the rock and like I've diversified yeah. myself in all the classic country I possibly can, all the 90s country, all the country today. 
I'm constantly listening to music. I, it, I'm not if I'm at my house, I'm listening. So by the time you write "Giving You You Up," you've got so much time listening to country songs that you know what a good country song is. I wouldn't say I knew. I just kind of. But you must have known something, right? Intuitively. No, I mean, I put it, I, it was a whim. I, I really mean that. I, I had no intention on any of this happening. I just, I just love music. That's kind of where it started. Oh, my God. Cameron Marlowe. <laughs> on the podcast. This is, this is the last episode of the year for us. Oh, so we're really? closing it with Cameron. Love that. Yeah, so no pressure. This, this was great, though. I, <laughs> I feel hope like, it was a good one. <laughs> I feel like we got, have we left anything out? What have we left out? Yeah, I'm, I feel good. I heard I, you say in an interview, your favorite movie is Saving Private Ryan, right? Yeah, is that true? I do love Saving that's a great movie, isn't it? Is, it? Man. That's like a, that's another timeless movie that'll never go away. Oh my god. That first scene, sometimes this might be so disturbed, but sometimes when I'm like trying to watch something amazing, I watch that first scene. To see if it holds up the same. No, because even though that first scene is so disturbing, it's so like it's like cinematic brilliance to me. Mm. Like I almost for as disturbing as it is, I'm almost inspired by how much coordination it took to pull that scene off. That is a good point. That I just think it's like mind blowing how incredible it's like one of the best scenes in all of cinema. Yeah. When they're storming the beaches of Normandy. Definitely. And the coordination I don't know, that that it blows my mind that first scene. You ain't lying. I'm a big movie person. Are I you? love I love movies. I get a lot of song titles from movies. Really? Yeah, I do. So like any I love I love television movies, all that. Anything that yeah. I can like maybe catch a song title from or like feel emotion. Like from. what? Like any songs on this record that the titles were taken from movies. No, I wouldn't say that any of that were on that record were, but um Coming soon. Yeah. I, I do I have a couple songs that are that came from uh Yellowstone. I have Oh yeah. Um a couple songs that are coming from uh I just actually wrote one the other day from uh, the new show, Tulsa King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, this is good. It's going to be cool. What, what movies did you like this year? Anything good? Uh, I'm actually watching one or watched one last night that was pretty insane. It just came out. It's just top of mind, so I'm talking about Which it. one? It's called Prisoners. What was that? It's I, on Netflix. Wait, that's, um, what was that about? That's not. Basically, the two girls that get lost or that get taken. No, I didn't see that. It's on there now. It's number one uh, right now. Is that, am I out of the loop? This I think is a hot, you might be. This is a hot is, movie? It is Shoot, I got to watch this. How, you finished it or you're in the middle of it? I've got like 24 or 20 or 40 And minutes, what happens? Right? These two girls get taken prisoner? Two girls get taken, no, but the people that they think murdered the girls get taken by the families as prisoner. It's Wait, like the people a, that they think... Like, they have like a suspect in mind. They let the suspect go. The... And then, like the families are like, "What? Are, why are you letting the suspects?" Go? Isn't this an them. old movie? No, unless they remade it. I don't know. There was a movie called Prisoners. I think it was called Prisoner, and it was the same concept that this little kid gets kidnapped, and then the they there's a suspect, and they let the suspect go, and then the dad kidnaps the suspect and holds him prisoner. Well, they might have remade it then. I might have to go watch the original. The original one's great. I think Ben Affleck is... Maybe I'm wrong about it. Really? Hang on. Let's look it up. Hang on. Wait, wait. It's actually a great movie and very disturbing. Uh, Prisoner movie. Prisoners. Thriller crime. Oh, no. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Prisoners. Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Is this the same movie that I'm thinking it of? It might be the same movie, and maybe it came out. Is Hugh Jackman in the uh, in this? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I think he is. So maybe that movie came out or, or a while back, but I thought it... But you <laughs> were watching it, on Netflix? No, no, it's a great movie. It just got released on Netflix, so that's why I'm in the know now. No, no, no I actually remember when it came out. It was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I gotta, old, though. It's like 10 years old. Yeah, is it really? Yeah. Okay, well... I'm glad we cleared this up for you. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's good, though. 
It was right. it's very very thrilling. Yeah. Very disturbing. Oh my it god. Is disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah. Ugh. All right, we're done here. <laughs> Cameron Marlowe on oh, the man. podcast, on the road, 2023. He's got three days left. This is gonna come out today, so you, you could see him this weekend. If you're listening to this, he's got three shows left this weekend in yep. Texas. Houston, Dallas, and uh Kansas City. You're crazy not out. to go. You have to go. Gotta go. And you gotta listen to the record and you gotta see him next year on the road. And new music coming next year, or who knows? Oh yeah. Oh always putting new music out. Yeah. I've got a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like you because you're not like the, there's some artists who are doing great things on TikTok, and I like that too. But you're not like obsessing over this content stuff on TikTok. You're kind of just like putting out great music and playing badass shows, and yeah. that's enough. That's it, all we need. I, I commend them for how they can yeah. do it. I don't. I personally, I don't know how to do it. I I wipe my hands of it. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll post the videos that feel real to me and feel like stuff that I want to share. But uh, I yeah, I I just like to lay under the radar, man, and just do my thing. I feel that. I feel that energy. You're in it for the right reasons. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Cameron Marlowe on the podcast. Thanks for coming in. Right, thank you. We'll see you next time. All right, boss. Ugh.